You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. God's doing this because he's wanting to protect us, and we're choosing not to fall under his protection. And so these are the five ways that this passage teaches us that God wants to protect us. We can see this as a list of do's and don'ts, or we can see a loving father that is trying to protect us from things that are not best for us. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor, continuing our series on the Father's Heart. This week, looking at the Father's protection. And I'm joined by two friends and special guests. First, joined by Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Great to have you. And we're joined by the amazing prayer pastor, Rhonda Patterson. (laughs) Rhonda, thanks for being on the podcast. It's always great to be here. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Jose, would love to give you the first word as we look at this on continuing in Malachi, yeah. looking at God's protection. What were some things that stood out to you as you prepared for the message? This yeah, time? this one, this one popped out at me because I thought we'd go through all of chapter three in one Sunday. And then as I was reading and studying, um, I realized we had two messages, not one. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped at verse six because there's enough in these first verses and in the last verse of chapter two, um, where where God's saying that he's he's tired, uh, he's he's wearied by the actions of the Israelites, and and you know we don't think about God being tired if God is um, all uh, powerful, always present. Um, you don't think about tired, but it's not that he's tired himself. He's tired for us. He's tired on our behalf because there's a pattern here. Anyway, so digging through that, I realized God's doing this because he's wanting to protect us and we're choosing not to fall under his protection. And so these are the the five ways that this uh, passage teaches us that God wants to protect us. He is, that's in his heart. We can see this as a list of do's and don'ts, or we can see a loving father that is trying to protect us from things that are not best for us. We'll jump into those five, but first, Rhonda, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on the series as a whole, just so far up to this point, going through Malachi, but really just this focus on the father's heart, what has kind of stood out to you and as you kind of heard and have listened to this series so far. Oh, wow. Um, Well, I've I was thrilled about this series from the start because I feel like as a a follower of Christ, understanding and growing in our knowledge of the Father's love for us is where growth happens. Um, Growing because you're afraid or or clinging to Him because you're uh, in fear or you're discouraged, those are that's not real growth. That's just desperation. Mm. And we've probably all been there. But growth uh, in him because I feel safe and cherished and loved in his embrace is is that's true growth, uh, or where I'm safe to grow. And so, um, yeah, so I'm, I've been thrilled uh, about the series and and particularly this last. Sunday was so good about the Father's protection and the many layers to that. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, one of those layers, the first one we talked about was standing firm. And Jose, you mentioned at the end of uh, Malachi 2 going into Malachi 3, just this idea that uh, not only is God standing firm, but desires for us as his people yeah. to stand firm. Uh, you did a great job unpacking kind of the significance and why we do that and why God wants us to do that. But but how do we do that? How do you stand firm? Someone, I know it can depend on the circumstance and where people are at, but what would be words of wisdom that you both would have just for someone that is maybe really feeling tossed and turned and, and is, is desiring to stand firm, whether it's in their workplace in conversations or just even with their faith in general, what does that kind of look like to live that out? Yeah, I think the question why is the one that needs to be answered before how. So why is God asking me in this case, in this passage, why is he asking me to trust what he determines as good and what mm-hmm. he determines as evil? And uh, one of the most you know, ancient reasons why we don't trust God is because we think that he's withholding from us. So that goes back to the original, you know, passage in the garden, first chapter or second second and third chapter of Genesis that God says, hey, don't eat from this tree. And then we think that, you know, through the enemy's lie, we think that God's withholding from us. And that's not protecting. But the, the, the reason why he's asking us not to partake of the tree is because he just wants us to trust him. Mm-hmm. He, he wants to have that father, son, and daughter relationship with, with, his crea- with his creation. And so when I trust God, you know, you asked how. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trust him. Why? Because he wants to protect you. It's like a parent, you know. Why do you I want? Because I said so. <laughs> just believe <laughs> that I love you and that I want the best for you. It's the same way with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like just walking in in his love and, and protection, um, you, it's a it's somewhat of a learned thing you know it's like when you when you experience um choosing obedience when it doesn't quite feel right and it's not what you want but you're choosing because you feel like God has spoken on something to you and you choose it um that that affirmation that you get from him of way to go yeah. I know that was hard good job but it's then it becomes easier as you're walking to trust him the next time, to trust him more and more. So um, I do think it, it comes with experiencing it. So, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. Uh, this second aspect here is that God the Father in his protection uh, draws near to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked about this in various series, various passages is such a key and crucial truth that uh, we can cling to. But what is so significant about that? And I think more specifically, uh, we may understand that or know that in our head, but how do we really live that out in our hearts? How have you both seen that just in your walks as far as maybe what keeps you from accepting God when he tries to draw near to you or, or kind of how it's such a, maybe a simple concept and yet uh, it can be, at least in my experience, hard to really embrace or believe that at times that he really is near. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I deserve it, right? So I don't think I deserve his mm-hmm. drawing near. I, I, I see my sin or, or I see the things that I've done, my track record, and then I think, God, you shouldn't be close. Mm-hmm. You should be far. And yet I love, I'm reading the, the ESV version in chapter three. There's two beholds. Behold, I will send my messenger. And then behold, he is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, watch out, watch God do his thing. He's coming, he's drawing near. He's pursuing us, not vice versa. You know, he, he's the one that that leads. And so for me, that that 
man, that's incredible that the God of the universe, despite my sin, still wants to be near. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. I think also for me, I can think of times in my life where I didn't want him to draw near because mm. I wanted to choose my own way. I wanted to stay in what I was in. And I did, so I, I, I refused it mm. in essence. I didn't, I probably consciously wouldn't have said that at the time, but really I didn't want conviction or I didn't, mm. I didn't want him speaking into that situation because I wanted to be mad or be choose my way. And so um, allowing him and is, is, it is a choice. It's allow, he's there the moment we ask, but choosing it is yeah. the challenge. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. How would y'all uh, describe just the feeling of knowing God is near? Because I think there's some that are listening that maybe don't feel like God mm-hmm. is near and that maybe you they read this and they know, okay, God is a God that pursues, but mm-hmm. they don't feel like God is pursuing them or God is not near to them. So what are ways just in your lives that y'all have felt that or seen that or mm-hmm. just experienced oh, go God's? Because <laughs> <laughs> it happened for me yesterday. I received uh, a text that could have sent me Anxious, worrying, troubled, upset, angry, you name it. It could have sent me in a lot of different directions. This was just yesterday. But um, as it so happened, I was actually in the Word when the text came through. And so very quickly, when I, in my body, I felt a response that, that was more like panic or, you know, upset. But immediately, knowing that He was right there with me, that God was right there with me as I'm reading that, it stabilized me. Well, that was the first thing I felt. And so I'm like, yes, Lord, you are unchanging, you know, as we got to talk about yesterday. And so you are here. And um, I want my response to be your response. And so it just kind of immediately redirected me. Doesn't always happen that instantaneous, but thankfully because of his grace, he knew. He knew this text was coming in. Yeah, that's right. And so he was already there. And so I was able to feel his presence knowing that's how I know it's him because it mm-hmm. where I should be or could be just going off on something, instead peace comes. And so that's him. Prince of Peace. When we're abiding in Christ, mm-hmm. it's easier to see Him. Yeah. And it's also easier to be focused on the little things because it's yes. often the little things that reveal His nearness to us. Mm-hmm. It's in the little details. It's in the little conversations, you know, the little, um, you know, quotation mark, coincidences, right? There are no coincidences mm-hmm. with God. And too often, however, I'm distracted. I'm not abiding. I'm not in the Word. I'm mm-hmm. not consistently praying. I'm worried. I'm mm-hmm. trying to take matters into my old hands. I'm driving fast to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, when, that's when we can miss out on the nearness of God. Mm-hmm. He is always with us. It's just our lack of awareness. Right. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> we could camp out there, but uh, let's keep going just talking about uh, this next 
concept here of God's protection, which is refining and purifying. Mm. And I love when we get a chance to look at topics like these through a lens of the passage we're looking at. So uh, we've talked before about refinement, uh, purity, accountability, these kind of words that may not always bring about a positive connotation in some ways. And yet uh, I'd love to kind of just hear y'all's thoughts approaching this from the lens of God's protection, because we're digging through this passage in Malachi. So we're just following verse by verse, but I do think there's something there as far as just that connection that we may not always think about when we think about refining and purifying. So what is so significant about the Father's protection when it comes to refining and purifying? Yeah, discipline is not comfortable. Discipline's not fun, it's not easy, it's it's not something that we look forward to, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with God's refinement in our life. Um, it's not comfortable, but that's actually what we need to go through in order to be safe, mm-hmm. in order to be protected, in order to know and be trained in, in what is right, what is good, what is of God, and all of these other things that are around us, that are bombarding us, all of these messages that we're receiving and, and that, that all, all these emotions that are coming uh, all of those need to be filtered or be, you know, uh, uh, be put into this furnace <laughs> uh, where all of the impurities will fall away mm-hmm. when, when we really see them through God's lenses. And then we end up more like Him. It's a sanctification process. Not fun, <laughs> but necessary mm-hmm. and so good. Mm-hmm. So, so good. And it's focused on, we can only be focused and in control of our own stuff. You know, I wish I could put my kids stuff, other people that I love stuff in, in the in the fire, mm-hmm. but each each person is responsible. Each person is the one that needs to be put in that fire and be refined and uh, allow God to mm-hmm. reveal the stuff mm-hmm. that he wants out. Yeah. I think that's one of the most beautiful aspects of God is is his refining fire and that may sound uh crazy to say that, but if you think about it as a parent, that's an aspect of parenting that we we don't do. We don't put our kids through mm. refinement. Uh, I mean, now, of course, there's discipline for for poor choices and behavior. There's consequences, but um, character changes mm. and all. We know that, all, like, we can look at our children sometimes and think. Oh, God's going to work in that area because that's His work. It's not our work, and we can't do that for our kids. But that's a trait that only God can can do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's uncomfortable when we're going through. I think a lot of times we do attribute things to God's discipline or refinement that aren't necessarily from him. It's just consequences of our own actions. actions. But there is that opportunity for refinement when we're we're recognizing that and we're experiencing that, uh, you know, those choices is that God, so Lord, I don't want to come back to this again. Mm -hmm. So what, what are you teaching me? What are you you know, growing me? What area are you growing me in through this? Yeah, if we had a piece of gold and we had a, you know, piece of platinum or what's another metal, um, bronze or something, you know, you would, and, and both was dirty, both was just out of, you would choose the gold 
to refine. You wouldn't choose this mm-hmm. other metal because gold is more valuable. Mm-hmm. It's it's it has it has more worth. And so this speaks to God's mm-hmm. way in which he looks at us. He sees us as highly valuable. Right. So he's going to refine what he deems valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we miss too. Yeah. You know, we think, well, again, God wants to withhold. Mm-hmm. God is, you know, being mean. God is punishing. Mm-hmm. You know, God's refining us because he wants to mm-hmm. create the most alive us yeah. through this process called life. Mm-hmm. And so that we can point other people back to him mm-hmm. and then ultimately experience this beautiful redeeming reality that we will live once mm-hmm. he comes back or we go to heaven. Absolutely. The next piece is similar as far as the father's protection. Part of that involves examining and examining us and in the same way as far as he uh, the, the scripture talks about testing as far as yeah. like testing his people. Uh, again, another concept that doesn't always <laughs> sound uh, enjoyable to us, but how is how can we begin by just examining our own hearts before the Lord uh, in this process as far as practically applying just this? What does it look like as far as for someone to, to invite God into that or at least even just be more aware of the ways in which they can examine their own walks and identify areas that they can... Yeah, so we're right here, this podcast. What we're doing, this is mm-hmm. part of the examination process. <laughs> we're talking about God's word. We're uh, talking about how does this apply to my life? If you're listening, hopefully you're thinking about your life. Hey, what do what are some of these things that I need to put into practice? Mm-hmm. And what do I need to change? And how, how, who do I need to include uh, in, in this so that I can be encouraged and, and move forward? So th- accountability requires community. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say what we're doing right now just quick, easy answer. Yeah. This, this is examining. Yeah. Um, I think the examining, I, I loved when you mentioned the, I'm going to look at my the poor, the fatherless, the widow, and yeah. the foreigners, because um, growing up in a wonderful Christian atmosphere and home and felt very loved, but I would say one area my parents didn't uh, exhibit a whole lot of was servant, uh, the servant part. Um, it our area was, there wasn't a lot of exposure to, to this. And so it was more um, just the people that I spent time around, it was take care of yourself, take care, of, not and not in a selfish way, but it was just um, people took care of themselves. Yeah. They took care of their, I mean, sure, helping a neighbor with something or things like that. But I don't remember a lot of examples of that. And I'm not putting that on my parents. I don't necessarily know that they had it modeled for them. But for me and growth over the years, that's been an area God has examined and challenged me in is sometimes when it's a difficult uh, person that he's kind of nudging you to help, to provide yeah. a ride to or um, finances for or whatever it is, you know, sometimes that's really uncomfortable because I just want to like look the other way and and all. But that's been a refining area for me is to like, I'm I'm showing you this to ask you to, to go where you go. And so it's been a learning, that's been a learning process for me that I didn't necessarily have modeled a whole lot growing up. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it totally makes sense. And it speaks to God's protection. Mm-hmm. He wants to protect the most vulnerable he does. through his people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
We talked a little bit about this when it came to the refining process. Jose, you mentioned the, the desire, whether it's with your kids or with other people in your life, to, to help them refine their lives. I think about examining in my own life, and it's, it's much easier for me to examine other people's <laughs> walks than my own. So how do y'all two just continue to stay focused and kind of uh, allowing God to examine your heart and, and kind of prevent yourself from examining or trying to get involved in a lot of other people's lives? Because at least I know for me, <laughs> I can start with the right intention Okay, God, show me. And then I'll either read a passage or I'll think of something. I'm like, oh, I know who needs to hear that or I know who needs to do this. And so how how do y'all both kind of even just fight that? It may seem like a small temptation, but just even in a way that can kind of veer us off track and involving ourselves and a lot of other people's. I can't wait to hear your answer. Oh. <laughs> I think that's definitely been a learned thing over the years because yeah. I mess it up every time when I, I when I want to judge or dive into something I have no business messing. And and the older I get, the more I realize how much work there is still to do in me. And so it gets easier and quicker when I see something that I'm tempted to judge or think uh, for God to just speak to me to say, wait a minute, you know, that's, uh, let's, let's look at this in your life. And, um, and also it's just, that's been a, a learned thing through the years. Yeah, learning so. from from my mistakes. So mm-hmm. Jesus said, uh, don't judge. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this by the same measure that you judge, it will be used against you. So right. I've, I've learned that way. Yeah. And I've felt other people's judgments. And I'm like, man, why am I being? Oh, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I, I, I judged <laughs> in that same way. Mm-hmm. And so that's accountability. That's God's kindness. He's saying, hey, don't step into my seat, only I mm-hmm. have this, the the cred to judge. Mm-hmm. So let me do that part. You just take care. Uh, I love in that list and in Malachi three at the bottom. You know, it talks about all these really bad people, right? Um, which none of us uh, are those, of course. No one um, would say. But then at the end, he says, uh, "And those that do not fear me." So. That's all of us. Mm-hmm. There, there are moments when we don't revere God as holy and, and we don't look at him and so uh, look at him as who he really is. So keeping that in mind is really helpful for me. I love how all five of these points came together through the passage because I think this last one really does a great job of tying it all together, which is just this concept of God's unchanging grace and how we can have mm-hmm. a loving father applying the, the first four, but really without that, that unchanging grace, is, is, uh, we, we'd be missing so much in that. How does that look like for us to just model that unchanging grace in the lives of others around us? I know you mentioned yeah. this concept of receiving that grace right. and then being able to give that grace to others, but what does that look like and what prevents us or prevents y'all from, from extending I, that I grace think, to others? I think there's something really important here. Two times in Hebrews and then in Deuteronomy, it talks about God being a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. So God is so holy that he can consume all impurity. That includes every human that's ever walked this earth because we're all imperfect. We've all fallen short. And so the fact that in this verse, it says he does not consume because he loves his kids. He loves mm-hmm. Jacob. That is, that is grace that he can consume, mm-hmm. but, but he doesn't. He refines, mm-hmm. he, he wants to restore, he, he wants to redeem. And I think that that is a, a truth that is challenging. And when you look at it, you're like, man, God, you really are so, you really are so good. And yet you don't consume, you don't destroy, mm-hmm. you, you bless, you, you give, you sacrifice, mm-hmm. you model the way. So that dichotomy, for me personally, is mm-hmm. revelatory of the nature mm-hmm. of our Father's heart. 
Mm-hmm. It is, it's good. It it's is. It is. I think that's for me in prayer ministry, um, the years spent in it have helped refine my prayers and my initial thoughts about things that happen or uh, things people say to mercy and grace instead of judgment. Mm-hmm. And so that it becomes more a first response um, as you you walk with him. It becomes, I believe, you begin to see people more through Jesus' eyes mm-hmm. so that when you see haughtiness uh, and no fear of God, you're moved more to compassion and tears because not you're not judging, but you know where that person is at. And so it moves you to intercede to say, Lord, come, come into this person's life and um, do what you do, uh, not what I can can do or not do, but, but, you know, just experiencing His grace in my own life, seeing how He's picked me up, uh, and then just that time spent with Him is what, what helps yeah. us to our response to be mm. mercy and and grace so more quickly. Yes, <laughs> so. Oh, that's so good. Seriously, so good. Thank you all for this great conversation, Jose. The series continues going on in Malachi. Yeah, we, we got to look a, forward to. We got a couple more chapters, and we're going to talk about God's provision mm. next week. So not only is He. Um, the God who protects, but he's, he's the God. Because he's a protector, he, he provides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all falling into this P, starting with the letter P, which just makes it more fun when, when it works. <laughs> so I can't wait to continue. And again, the Father's heart is so good. It's so for us. And the more we receive of his heart, the more we'll be able to give to others. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Bye.